by the way, good morning. Welcome to Ponda New. Today, the um, 20 what? 26th. 26th of June, 2019. As I said earlier, I thank God for the word of God and how he has been bringing it to us and the effect. Um, may we not be like some that eventually give up on the word. But I, I confess too that I see grace at work that is not allowing us to give up because he that is persistent shall eat the fruit of his labor. Praise God. One brother said to me yesterday, he doesn't come here. He said, there's one thing I noticed. I said, what is that? He said, listening to the word of God every morning is making me able to just believe prayer once. Can I confess that I was excited? As in, it doesn't take him strength to just believe God. I don't know if you are getting mm-hmm. it. I said, may God receive all the glory in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we were to consider Genesis 1, which, which God put on my heart while I was coming here. But I had the intent to round up on growth But then I realized something while we were going through it, that um, God had his own mind. And before I could say Jack Robinson, the time was gone. And we hadn't even entered into it properly. But I'm trusting that God will give us better understanding in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Before I go forward, one of the questions that was asked of me is that I said while we were teaching that the power of the Holy Spirit in us is what enables us, for example, to be slapped and turn the other cheek. It's not by human strength. Normal human thinking agrees with Moses, an eye for an eye. What it means is that if somebody slaps you twice, then you should give him two slaps too to make it equal. But of course, you know that if the person slaps you twice, when you want to retaliate, you go and harden your hand by grazing it on the wall. You tell him to come back in one week. Mm-hmm. Harden the hand very well so that when you slap him, two teeth will come out and you will see heaven and come back. <laughs> but it's still two slaps. Praise God. So it takes that power, the dynamis, which is God in origin, that is, God called himself power, one in a, I think in the book of Luke, and in Acts of the Apostles, he say, the power shall come upon you after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And one of the things we began to understand is that power that comes upon you is God himself. And I said, inside you, you know, Jesus, we've already taught it in this class. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will be on you, just as it was with everybody from John the Baptist backwards. The Holy Spirit was on them. 
they wore him like a garment. Is anybody listening? But Jesus now said that when the Holy Spirit comes, not only will he be on us like the men of old, but he will be inside us. Subsequently, after the age of the apostles, the focus on the Holy Spirit had always been his work on the, our inside. The ability to give up your right for someone else just so that there will be no trouble. That is the power of God at work. How do I know? He said, I give rain to the righteous and the unrighteous. Praise God. He said, blessed are ye who go around making peace. You shall be called sons. Now you require the power of God himself. The dunamis. Thank God the scripture always calls it dunamis. Different from exousia. Exousia is the power of being a child of God. It enables you to call upon God. It gives you right of, yes, the right word is authority to command God. When you become a child of God, you receive exousia, authority to command God, which means you can come into a matter and call God into it and he will answer you. Praise the Lord. So, and I was trying, I'm trying to clarify that when I said the work he does in us is to give us grace to live like God, to be like God, especially in the area of character, manifestation, behavior. It does not excuse the miraculous power of God, which of course, you know, already exists by those who wear him like a garment, but is not being emphasized today because people are uncomfortable. And there is this wrong notion that has gone out in the church that you work for it, you grow. Yes, you grow, but the working part, as in you feel like I have to fast and pray to receive it. You are not a reservoir. That thinking, that understanding is wrong because people think they should be a reservoir. God is not looking for a reservoir, which is why fasting and praying to receive power is wrong. And even satanic, I have to add, even satanic. Why is it satanic? Pastor came, I think the second to the last time he came, and he was teaching us and said, if what you are doing is not giving you the results you are expecting, change. Look for what you are doing wrong. He said, fasting and prayer is not delivering the results to you. He said, change. That day I was amazed. And then he said something. He said, because most times, even those who fast and pray, contact demonic realm instead of God. Because in God's word, they didn't tell you that you should fast and pray to receive power. That wasn't what the apostles were doing. The Bible said they were waiting. He didn't say they were fasting and prayer, praying. The problem with people is the word waiting in the Bible only means fasting and prayer. But the Bible said they were together with one tongue, praising and worshiping God, praying and worshiping God. Abby, that was their own brand of what? Waiting. Amen. But the emphasis, and then people will tell you that Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days. If your fasting and prayer is not suppressing your carnality, it is hopeless. Basically, it is useless. Isaiah 58. And the Lord God said through Isaiah, if you are fasting and praying to bend your head and pretend that you are humble, he said it is empty, it is useless. He said, this is the fasting I have declared. 
If you have two clothes, carry one, give to somebody. That is suppression of carnality or killing of carnality. Carnality is not only fornication and adultery. Carnality is greed. Carnality is selfishness. Carnality is what is inside you by your thinking. If your fasting and prayer is not suppressing it, it is an empty fasting and prayer. So there is nowhere in scripture where the Bible says that you and you and you you join two things and claim it is because doesn't make it right. Fasting and prayer does you are not a reservoir. The Holy Spirit did not come to dwell in anybody like a tank. No, he comes to pass through you if you will let him. What hinders the miraculous in the church? Because the real church of God is fond of, very fond of criticizing the miraculous, but not manifesting the reality. You don't show the truth, but you keep mocking the false. In the absence of you showing the truth, why won't the false thrive? Evil thrives when good men do nothing. You that is the good man, what are you doing? You are busy wanting to carry the Holy Spirit for your own lust, for your own pride, so that you can go around and say, I do miracles. I pray and God answers. That's what you want to go around and do. And the book of James says, you ask so that you will spend it on your lust. No wonder there is no miracle. Praise God. Church, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, but he said also, when you allow the Holy Spirit pass through you, no reason, no, nothing to hold hand on. When he uses you to do miracles, you end up humble. If you don't want to end up like the false miracles that cause their workers to be arrogant, then stop thinking of the Holy Spirit like something you have to acquire. He is God. It is his presence. Luke chapter 5, 17, which my brother mentioned, it is his presence that brings miracle, not your acquisition of him. It is not written anywhere in the Bible that you can acquire the Holy Spirit. That he chooses to dwell in you does not mean you acquired him. And if the Holy Spirit will walk through you and you end up in hell, he doesn't like it. He doesn't. Amen. Now hold on. Can somebody clear himself? In this case, I'm not talking of righteousness. Because some people allude miraculous power to righteousness. All the miracles of Jesus, 98% of them were done to Gentiles. When a preacher cannot bring or release the Holy Spirit to do miracles, they blame the people listening. That's witchcraft. You are supposed to tell them that the reason Jesus died is that whatever is the reason why they fail, God has made up for it. Instead, you are telling them your righteousness is not complete. That is why you are not seeing the miracle. Why don't you agree you have a problem, not the flock? Besides, a wise minister, my father in the Lord in Zaria, he said something to me. Don't fight the flock of God. He loves them. If you fight them, whether in your mouth or in your thinking, you will start having problems. Do not see up to you in your twisted sense of righteousness 
they are full of sin. They are evil. And you keep blaming them. God is waiting for you. Has any one of you, like I pointed out one of the times, when a minister makes the flock depend on him, not on God, God will kill the minister. And find another person. Ministers that tarry longer, those who teach the flock to tarry on God, they are alive. Is anybody hearing me? When you go to that kind of ministry, what you find out is it is unbelievers, new people who just came that want to see the man of God. Everybody is following God on his own. There is no cue to see the man of God. Therefore, the man of God has time to do what God called him to do. The only people he owes ministration are those who are not trained yet. But when he trains you, you stop coming to his office in the name of Counseling. I want to ask, is there actually anywhere in scripture that counseling was predicted or spoken about? They called the apostles, but the apostles knew that they are trained men. They called them and said, we have trouble. These people are, he said, listen to us. We don't have time to be waiting on tables away from prayer and the ministry of the word. If your minister is not growing in God, the church cannot grow because a minister stands in the place between the flock and their owner. Not even that is different from the flock. I, I used to remind God, when I say bless your people, remember that I'm one of the people. Amen. His job is to stand, take information from him and change the flock. When he encumbers himself by making himself everybody dependent on him, they are not dependent on God. They are dependent on who? Him. And his primary mission, that one we call the good, is it the great commission? Teach. Make all men like you. The understanding you have of me, make all of them have it. Where you are not doing it, you're already failing. And suddenly you start hearing a large heart, this one, that one, and they die. Who said? The only reason Moses died, can I correct a, a very wrong impression? The only reason Moses died is that error he committed. And what was the error? You will say he beat the rock. The error was that God said, you did not hallow me. He's not hallowing God. He's what led him to the second sin, which was to strike the rock. Church, amen. So what did he say? He said, you stiff-necked and stubborn people. Can I, can I help you? He never says it even when God is angry. So it was a wickedness from hell. It wasn't the nature of the man. Because even when God is angry and calling them stiff-necked and stubborn, he never says the same. Instead, he starts blackmailing God. You can't bring them. Is anybody getting any sense? You see where you went wrong with your own flock. You know you have your own flock. I've told you in this church, everybody has his own flock. The children, the people that live with you or listen to you are your flock. You can't go around insulting them even in God's presence he will deal with you eventually how can you come and tell the creator of a thing look at the stupidity of your creation he will wait for you 
It's just like you meet me outside and I'm proud of this church. And you tell me that your church is canal. Are you expecting me to stand and listen to you? Praise God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now that's where they get it wrong. Praise God. But let's let's go back to today's message. As God will help us. Are you understanding? Praise God. Genesis 1. There are things God will enable us to understand this morning. I'm trusting the Lord. There are things God will enable us to understand this morning. We're in verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. There is a mystery about God. You see, somebody asked me a question two days ago. He went to go and start studying the Bible because he told me yesterday, but he asked me the question two days ago. He said that when we were talking while walking home, I used to walk with him so that we can talk some things. And he also used to come around, except recently. Now, he said that while we were talking, that I said, I want to study the word of God in and out because I want to know this God. I'm not interested in any other thing. I just want to know him to the extent to which I can go because God is unsearchable. When you think that the arrogance of thinking you know him is a grave error. I said to the extent to which my finite mind can carry me, I want to know God now. But how do you know God? You know God by listening to him. It is not enough to read a Bible verse or a chapter or 10 or 100. You don't know God by reading the Bible. You know God by hearing him tell you about what you read. Praise God. The quickest way to learn how to hear from God is when you are studying the Bible. Let him tell you what you are reading. Don't tell him what you read. You know, the first thing you hear people say is, uh, bring your strong reason. And then prayer warriors will now add their own and say, tell God the verse where it is in the Bible. You shouting at God, you shall, that God, the Bible says, God shall provide all my needs according to his riches and glory. Has he provided it? Talk to me now. Praise God. You shouted it at him. When he says strong reason, Moses used to go and blackmail him. Go and blackmail God. Tell him all, answer Satan's questions in God's presence and tell him why he must do what he said. Not shout at him what he said only. What has he told you about what he said? Praise God. For example, one of the best revelations I have of that verse of scripture is according to his riches, which means he has prevented you already. You may not, you know you have spiritual bank. Come on, I've taught it in this church now. Mark chapter 10, 29, 30. You have a spiritual bank. I also taught you how you put money there. But just in case what you have in the bank is not enough for what you're asking for, God says, I will supply your need according to my own Praise God. 
So when he mentioned it to me, the question he asked was, what is the difference between light and the sun? I, I had considered that thing two years, three, close to four years ago. What I even answered him is, is, wasn't what I considered then. There was an improvement. I don't know if you're understanding me. The truth of the matter is the question, if he was careful, he will notice there was a pause. I didn't answer immediately. The question, I turned to God to ask him, what is the difference? Why did you need light before you needed the sun? Let me show you what I mean. In verse 3, he said, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Then in verse Fourteen, and God said, "Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven, to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for season, and for days and years." Fifteen, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven, to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights: the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. Amen. Then the question became, what was the difference? It's not just the difference that is the issue. I'm finding out now, are you getting me? That Genesis chapter 1 was written to teach you the pattern to follow with your life. The first question you should ask yourself is, who am I? Because provision, resources, answer only to identity. When the prodigal son went to a land where they did not know him, the resources in that land refused to answer him. Amen. Amen. Are you understanding me? Until Jacob recognized who he is, Israel, the blessed of God, the resources in Laban's house did not come to him. They went to Laban. And what you carry will always bless those around you, but will not work for you until you find out who you are. That answers a question many people carry. Why is it that whatever I do for people works for them, but for me, it does not work? Even the resources inside you will only answer to you when you know who you are. Light in chapter in verse 3 is called simply illumination. That is illumination without source. No origin. The difference between that one, that one in Hebrew is number 216 of Strong's Concordance means illumination. But the other one is number 1375 of Strong's Concordance, meaning a body that supplies illumination. Let me come again. Hello? Light in verse 3 is number 216 of Strong's Concordance, meaning illumination. That is light without a source. Indwelling light, light that does not have origin. Just like dunamis is power without origin. Praise God. It's untraceable. There's no way you can point a finger and say, this is where it is. Amen. Then he said, 1375, in verse 12, 13, 14, 
15, rather 13, 14, 15, 16 of Genesis 1. That one is called a body of light. A body that produces light. Are we together? Now, here is the mystery. How does it apply to you? The first thing you must always ask yourself is, who am I? Why? The first thing God needed in a, a null and formless void is light. That is, what do I want here? That is why Jesus will always ask the question, what do you, what is your illumination? What is the light you want? What is the primary thing you want to achieve? Because if he didn't see, he couldn't create. Can I talk to somebody? If he did not see, he will not create. If he cannot visualize what he wants, he will not speak it into existence. That is why what Satan fights in you is illumination, vision, not resources. If it prevents you from being wealthy, it won't add wealth to him. That's why one of the worst things he does to the church is to mess with their mind. Do you know that there is a level of poverty somebody will see? They can't believe they will ever be rich. God will be present waiting to blow them. But their mind is, is a prison they have not come out of. But they are born again. God therefore sent his word to break that kind of bondage. <clears throat> and I ask a question. That's why they said I'm loud-mouthed. I talk big things. I want to change your mind. We can come on, you have been praying. You have been praying. We can pray from now to 10 years. Nothing will change because your mind is in bondage. You can't change. Even when you are praying against the cause of your father's lineage, the reason you believe in it up to now, after praying for 10 years, is because you don't want to agree that something is wrong with your mind. In a village where everybody is doing well, they know your family for lack. Then you keep praying. Every generation, come on, Christ died. When will you pray and believe? Not just pray, pray and... Talk to me, church. Pray and what? That that lineage problem has ended. When will you pray and believe? Instead, you keep going around a circle. And the reason you hold on to it there are many people, when I said, agree that God has ended it, they look at me with eye like, this man knows nothing. Thank you, you that knows everything. Stay there, nobody is quarreling with you. You see that prison, stay there. Even in today's world, parents send their children to where they will mix with people who have money so that the children can learn that there is another life from this one because if you can't change somebody's imagination you can't change their life it you will just be knocking your head on rock i am sorry i don't need to be 50 years in ministry to know that 
That's why one of the greatest miracles in the Bible, even by Jesus who said it, is to make a man born blind to see. Why? He doesn't have an example to hold on to. You remember the one I'm talking about? By the temple. That they wanted to cast him out. The greatest miracle in the Bible is to make a man born blind to see. Does anybody get what I mean? He has never seen. It's not that he had the disease and then, hello. So therefore, to heal a man who was blind after a few years, maybe he was 20 and went blind, now he's 100, is easy. Because he has seen before. So the evil Satan does to the church is to take them through concrete grinding poverty. So that they begin to think that is how life is. Talk from now to tomorrow. Some of them will even help you by shaking head like they are green. But they tell them, say, he's a small boy. He will come into it eventually. God punish that thought in your mind that may never happen to me. Listen to me. People assume that you can't read what is going on in their mind. I do, but I choose not to react to it because I know God. And then I know you belong to him and I don't want his trouble. Hey, let me say it too. It's for selfish reason. I don't want God's trouble. I like going home to go and sleep. I don't like going home to go and quarrel with God. Why did you tell my daughter or my son then you're in trouble? Hey, no. I like life. You want to die? Go and die. But me, I like life. And the worst thing to happen to a minister is to enter trouble with God. Nobody will be there. Nobody will remember to tell God he's just a man. Nobody will interfere. Nobody will intervene. Nobody will mediate. You will just enter the trouble of your life. So it's better you depend on him and don't, don't, praise God. So the first thing every man needs is light. The first thing God called into existence was what? Light. It may not make sense as I'm talking now, but 90% of the reason why your prayer seems ineffective is you don't have light. You don't know what you're asking for. Oh Lord, change my life from what to what? Is it not a prayer people pray today? Father, change my life. You did not define the change. Because you don't have light. You don't even understand what change of life means. It doesn't mean I moved out from one room where we share toilet and kitchen with everybody. I now moved into one room self-contained. That is not change. Brother, that is evil. And you are five in the room. It's evil. See, it's what? Do you know that that's what Satan does? Doesn't hinder prayer. Doesn't have the capacity. The problem is, he gives you a picture that when you are praying is the only thing you aspire to. Let me quote Jesus in Matthew, is it that 12 or chapter 17, where he said, the evil that happens to you comes out from inside you. The one you do comes from you. The one that happens to you comes from me. Did you hear the giant superintendent? 
They kidnapped some sisters of the watchmen. Eventually, I think money was paid to release them. But while everybody else was being raped, they believed that those things cannot happen. Whenever they come here, then they'll start quarreling over who to start with. And that's how they'll go away. Hello? Church, am I talking to you? Why did Peter lie down in prison? To him, I go beautiful. I stay wonderful. Whichever one happens, praise God. So who was disturbed? The church. Besides, Peter felt in the man. All these waka waka. Now they just serve me food that eat and lie down and sleep. I like that mind. Let someone else sweat. The trouble of your life came from your mind. Satan has no original light. When I say people used to look at me like I'm crazy, he's written in the Bible. He does not have an original light. So the only light he has is the one your mind gave him. In Christ's ministry, he spent time changing your mind. The word repent simply means change how you think. Not how you talk, how you... Because when you change how you think, it will eventually change your life. Receive the light of salvation. The light of salvation. Why? When you receive the light, illumination of salvation, it changes your entire life. But we receive the light of salvation in the entrance of the house. Many people will not understand what I'm about to say because you have never lived in a, in a mansion. But God will take you there by force. Amen. But let me tell you the problem with taking you there by force, which is why you must grow. If God takes you there by force, you will live as if you are living inside a one-room apartment. If your brain is the brain of a one-room apartment, when he puts you in a mansion, you will still live like you are living in a one-room apartment. There will be a whole house with kitchen, toilets, plural. But pots will be in your room. Nobody understood what I just said. Did you get what I just said? You will still keep buckets of water inside your room, but that is running in the whole house. Why? You have the brain, the light, the light, say light, of a one-bedroom, not even a self-con, one-bedroom that you share toilet and kitchen with everybody, and God went and put you inside. You will still think and behave like one room. Not even one bedroom, sorry. One room. Am I talking to someone? So God has to change. That's what he meant. Repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. When he now died, the kingdom of God came. Now that the kingdom of God has come, you see, change your thinking. For that is the only way for me to make you yesterday. There was some news I heard about some people who registered for scholarship, who submitted form for. And while I was there, I was like, Lord, please. He asked me a question. Are you doubting what you have been saying? I said, where did I say it? Is it not since early last year, I said, say, that the children in this church will go for scholarship? Am I correct? He started reminding me. Once in a while, he said, now you want to doubt what you have said. I am doing what you 
Excuse me. I paused. See, I was overwhelmed by humility. See, I'm going to start saying, oh God. Now I will start saying the crazy one. The church has not heard anything. Amen. Is anybody getting what I'm saying? Why? Light. Why do you need light? If you don't have light, your situation will remain the same. I said to somebody, go and pray like this. Things, you don't have anything and you want things. Go and sit down and say, Lord, this is how my life is now. I said, but if you don't have liver, say, this is how my life will be. Do you know that people knew that they need courage to talk certain way? Like I come to church now. Mm -mm. I will no longer say God with. I have changed. I have gathered liver. This is what my life is. The man that wrote Fourth Dimension said something. He came to church and told them, can you help me thank God? God has given me a bicycle and a table. No, 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 no. Don't mock. In that time, a bicycle was a G-Wagon. Mercedes G-Wagon. He said, they now say, what type of bicycle? He said, it's a British made. He called the name. He called everything. He talked about the specs. The table, he started describing it for them. They said, where is it? They say it's in my office and one, the other is in my house. Nothing. Church, talk to me. Nothing. But he prayed and God told him he's done. In his spirit, he heard he's done. He came to tell the church, I have it. They now came. One day, two people said, so let's see the bicycle and the table. He took them to the office. He said, look at the bike. Look at the table. He was pointing at empty space. The journey of light. They now said, Sabbath now. There's not here. They were saying, they are looking at each other like, I think our pastor's too much fasting. I started doing something to his brain. In our turn, he asked them, when did the woman receive a child? Light. May God give us light. Listen, the wisdom of that statement is still shaking me today. When did the woman receive a child? Is it when she put to bed? When they answered him, he said, so I have a bicycle and a table. Praise God. Then he brooded over it, thanking God always, not letting Satan abort the child. Pay attention. Not letting Satan abort the child. A lady called me. She was about seven months pregnant. And she was dripping this water. And the baby was threatened. At the time, blood was coming out in the eighth month. Whenever she called me, I say, how is the baby doing today? She says, I'm stay. I say, I didn't ask you, are you dripping? Neither did I ask you, is blood coming out? Clean yourself. The question I asked you is, how is the baby doing today? She will not get understanding. She will say, oh, he's so fine. By the way, she never checked whether it was male or female. But she wanted a boy. So we kept discussing about the boy. Do you see that young man you are carrying? He will be great. We'll be talking, prophesying, talking. Even though the, you know what I mean, the pregnancy was threatened. We kept talking. 
When that child was born, there was no amniotic fluid. Oh my God, the word of God sustained it. No fluid. I didn't care. I was mad. And that by God's grace, I will go back to be mad now. By what I've learned this morning, I'm about to become mad. Are you listening? I kept telling her, see, when you go to bed, greet that child for me. It's very important. Tell him I'm sending my greeting on the phone. Sometimes we'll put the phone and I'll be talking to the child. We didn't pray. We kept talking. And the child was born. Hefty. They nearly had to tear her to remove him. But she succeeded in delivering. Hefty. No fluid. The fluid had dripped away from seventh month to childbirth. Praise God. So he kept telling them. They kept thanking God for him. Like mad people. One day, missionary who came, I think he's it, from the day he said, Let's thank God. In the third month, a missionary who came from Britain got tired of the environment, he couldn't function anymore. He said he's running. Guess what? The table they brought for him and the bicycle he was using, he looked for Yongicho and gave it to him. Guess what? It was exactly the description of bicycle he gave and exactly the description of table that he... Yeah. The problem is after you are pregnant, you use your mouth and abort it before it is born. But gee, God needed light. If God needed light, what, what do you think? He will wait for you to get light. Jesus made a statement I never understood. I never understood it. I can't recollect where it is in the Bible, but I know it's in the Gospel of John. He said, men walk by the light they see, external light, in the daytime. Because God, the Bible said, separated light from darkness. And then he called the light the period of light, day, and the period of darkness, night. Can I settle something in your spirit? You can never wish darkness away. Neither can you pray it away. I know people will quarrel with me. The problem is that you equate darkness with Satan. Darkness has a rule, and darkness is not Satan. So when you pray, every darkness, don't I pray it? I pray, give me five. I pray, Italy. Yes, sir. The days of ignorance has gone. Don't I pray? And you finish praying. Every dark, darkness has a rule. Let me look at time and see whether we'll talk about it another day. Yes, let your interest be peaked. Darkness has a function. Stop praying it away. Pray away, Satan. Don't pray away, darkness. It has a rule. It's like telling God that carrying God's property and giving Satan. He's annoying. I'm awake today. In fact, I receive light to understand darkness. Praise God. Now, if God needed light, you need light. And God had a plan to save the world. The first thing he required was light. How do I save the world? 
In the light, he started planning different things. Let me raise a family. That did not work. You don't understand? Through Abraham. Let me raise a family. It did not work. Did it work? The Bible says, if the law worked, there would be no need for grace. Let me give them law. It didn't work. He needed light. Sometimes to bring solutions to your life, you go through many things. Relax. Don't you understand yet that light grows in intensity? Did I say something? The part of the just is as a shining that more and more and more and more unto a perfect day. Light grows. If God went through the same process, you must go through the same process. That's why I said be diligent. The way you are on Monday, be the same on Tuesday. Diligence is not persistence. Coming here every morning is diligence. There is no persistence about it. Nobody is pushing you. It has become habit. The way you are on Monday, be the same way on Tuesday. That's diligence. If you are working for one person, the pattern you use for one person, and God increase you to 10 people, use the same pattern for the 10 people. If you are a preacher, be diligent. If you come to church and there are three, preach as if you are preaching to one million. Don't keep anything away. Be Then you will find out that even though this process failed, there was something that came out of it. Even though this process failed, something came out of it. Even though this process failed, something came out of it. Is everybody listening to me? Then God found out that while his own light was increasing to save man, he found out that the best thing to do is to put an innocent man in jail and then hold the people holding his people captive forever. You're saved from Adam is the basis of argument by Satan until you are born again. When you are born again, the record of the sin is still there. But every time they come, God will say, but you took my son. Who didn't have Adam's sin? That's why the Bible said, when he looks at you, he sees Christ. Because that is the only way for the sin of Adam not to be reckoned against you. He uses that they took my son, put him in prison, to blackmail Satan forever. That is why when you try to do your righteousness, he gets irritated. All right, thank you. Amen. Amen. But you need light. You need to keep asking, this place where I am, how do I get out of here? You need light. But the first light you need is, where do you want to go? God saw a null, a void, that's null, in mathematics, null, empty, a void and formless earth. And he needed light to know what to do with it. Sometimes you need to ask God what to do with your life. 
because that is what light is. Then he went ahead and said something. He said, but in the night, the man who relies on external light stumbles in the night. He said, because they do not have the light of their own. When you don't have your own light, in the dark, uh, no, you want to get exposed. Somebody's drawing exposed on me. I'm tempted to Jesus. In the dark, when the things that are supposed to happen in the dark are supposed to be happening, you will hear it today. Amen. Amen. Because you do not have a light inside you, you will make mistakes. When the day comes out, your mistake will be obvious. Yes, sir. I never understood that scripture. Something happens in the dark. That's why God took time to separate them. A king, when you want to pray, <laughs> when you want to pray, enter your room, close the door, it's dark. He said, but that's not enough. Find the greater darkness, enter the closer. We'll talk tomorrow. Now, coming back to light. Did anybody catch what I just said? Yes, but we'll talk tomorrow. Let's leave it to tomorrow. And God said, you can't start anything without first getting light. How do I touch the earth of the wickedness of angelic visitation with man? That is, angels having intercourse with man that was producing giants super technical human beings overly intelligent people exceedingly proud of their accomplishments how do i wipe them out is how to send water but if i'm to send water i must have a remnant do you know how difficult it was in those days to find one person who didn't have angelic intercourse in their lineage. And God said, Noah was perfect. Not righteous. Perfect. The word perfect there means complete, which means a lineage without stain of angelic visitation. He said, I go to him simply because there was no stain of angelic intercourse in his life. I go to him. Then in going to him, oh my goodness God, in going to him, this is what God accomplished. In going to him, he found a man who will repopulate the earth without the stain of angelic visitation. Am I talking to somebody? So he now used him. But the first thing he gave him was light. Come, let me tell you what I want to do. Then I'll tell you what you will do. Amen. Amen. Not only did he tell him what he will do, he also told him why he chose him. That's why it's written down, because he told him. 
I choose you because you are perfect. Now, I have said several resources respond to identity. The first light you need is the light of what? Listen to me. If you don't know who you are, when darkness comes, instead of, oh my God, I'm about to do something, don't choose my Instead of doing what you are supposed to do in the dark, amen? amen, you will be busy lamenting yourself. When that time finish and you come out, there's nothing to show for it. Another clue, when the baby is in the womb, there is, did you get it? Hello, are you understanding now? That is why you need the light. Many people settle down in business, settle down in work without light. So when trouble hits them, they are running around instead of doing Sadan God said, business people have a problem. I said, what is it? He said, they don't adapt. Do you know what adaptation means? Adaptation means that if you are doing importation and a government is coming in that hits reliance on foreign exchange, you change. You come back and you do what? You change. There's a man in this country that sold his stake in the downstream sector of the oil industry. That is buying and selling fuel. You know where he put the money? Power generation. Why? Whether Buhari remains in power or Atiku comes in, they will focus on power. When I read when I read the news, I say, see, see adaptation, adaptation. But you, I'm buying and selling tomato in season out of, you're not adapting. So when tomato is scarce, you are hungry. When it is plenty, you are rich. I talked to an Akara seller, and she said to me, this is adaptation. When school is on break, I bring out half of what I used to bring, adaptation. So that I don't finish flying a car and nobody's back. Jesus. Like, if there's one thing you must pray for, it is. Not someone who analyze that one won't get there. No, light. Therefore, what is keeping you where you are? Is ignorance. Don't don't stop all goodness. Stop looking for who to blame. What kept you where you are is what you don't know that you're supposed to know. So what Satan fights from you is to keep you from knowing. I want to pray this morning. Lord, reveal this light to me. Reveal my own. Everybody has his own. Just like God had his own. Reveal my light to me. Let us pray.